0: If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit EufyOfficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door.
1: This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> Welcome, welcome friends to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name's Matt Connor. You are uh,
0: a guy drinking a beer, Sterling Holes.
1: You <laughs> should set that up a little better. That's like I tossed an alley oop and then like Muggsy Bogues tried to dump it. No, no, no.
0: It. It's like you threw an alley oop and you pulled the DeAndre Jordan and you threw it 30. 30- 30 feet above my dome into the stands.
1: <laughs> I did. I did. That lead in was so off base. It might as well be Eric enemy fan fiction, but I'm jing. If you know what I'm saying, we're making up stories about Eric enemy around here, just like the rest of supposed Chiefs Kingdom and fans. But Sterling, how are you doing first? You all right ah. this day?
0: Dude, I'm doing great. I'm doing I'm doing great to an extent. Baseball seems like they're just gonna go ahead and ruin it. So that means we get to talk more Chiefs.
1: Man, that uh how does like one sport ruin I like I don't I just feel like I just feel like if you ask my grandmother a series of yes or no questions about how to run major league baseball, she would run major league baseball so much better. Like she probably thinks Ty Cobb's a lot, she probably dated Ty Cobb. I don't know, <laughs> right? But she would have no idea. She would have, you know. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't. I guess baseball doesn't matter. Whatever we're here for, football. But it's it is depressing. It's depressing to see that. So I'm glad you're in a good mood in in the face of that. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think of that,
0: dude? It's sunny and 75. I got a beer. We're talking Kansas City Chiefs. I'm I'm excited, man. Uh, I know you want to talk Eric B enemy me. I know you. Want, I know you want to get into this. I'll I want to hear do. your thoughts first because you you have a lot more. It almost feels like anger. You have a lot more aggression towards the situation than I do. So I, I want to hear your thoughts on this.
1: I do. I do. Um, we'll get there in just a second. First of all, I just want to say uh, a quick shout out to everyone listening or watching, um, because my angst doesn't have to be your angst. And we're all here together just to expel our feelings and feel good. Uh, we're just so glad that any of you are hanging out with us. Um, I know Sterling and I, even even off the even off the air, and just our friendship, which is really manufactured for the sake of this podcast. But <laughs> when we do talk, but when we do talk, we just say, "Hey, man, I, the, the 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 readers are great, the viewers are great, the listeners are great. Everyone is just everyone's just so great to chat with. Even when we disagree, it's always like this respectable thing. I love hearing about the stories and where you guys like when we're hanging out in the Discord." For the members, um, which, you know, give a plug there if you want to have a membership. We've got like a whole Discord channel where we connect. Um, it's just a real privilege to connect with uh, other Chiefs fans and um, and sometimes with Sterling. So, yeah, that's always great. Um, and Sterling, I wanted to give you a chance, too. We also love our sponsor, KC Beer. So we'll talk about things that don't suck or that, that do suck, which is EB fan fiction. But one thing that does not suck, one thing that's very good, our sponsor, KC Beer. Just want to give them a shout.
0: Yeah, first off. Casey Beer Company has been an absolute joy to work with. They are a locally owned company proudly made in and for the Kansas City community. It's just phenomenal. They only use four ingredients, malt, hops, water, yeast. It's brewed with tradition because quality takes practice. Honestly, it's just unbelievable beer. If you know me, I drink a shit ton of beer. I love my beer. Casey Beer Company is the pinnacle of how to make and brew beer. This is not, this is me going off script. This is me ad-libbing. It's just that good. Before they sponsored us, I was drinking Casey Beer Company. I heard they were sponsoring us. I go, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's a dream come true. So, guys, if you haven't already, if you live in the Kansas City area, Look for the red bottles, look for the red cartons, get you some Casey beer, you will not regret it.
1: One free idea for our sponsor. You should call your brewer a chef of Weizen. Am I right? Is that good? Is that not good? Still I didn't say anything. I guess that's not good. Let's get into <laughs> <laughs> let's get into some other things that are not good. Let me tell you this. I'm coming from my bedroom um however i'm also coming to you from the city of indianapolis which is the host of the 2022 nfl combine uh i spent last night hanging out with matt Verderam, dudes out on the town and then today hung out at the convention center where the combine is coming at you was there today asking questions of andy reed and general manager brett veach as they gave their sort of off-season introductory press conferences as as will happen throughout this week. The Chiefs stacked them back-to-back on the opening day, probably just to get those things out of the way. So um, it was like a half hour where a lot of things were asked, and now we want to take some time and break those things down. But one of the first things that Andy Reid basically just went skeet shooting after, like right from the beginning, was this idea that he and Eric bien and others on the staff, Patrick Mahomes, um, as a player, do not get along. And I just wanted to talk about that because, um, you know, you and I have seen in the lead-up to the Combine in the last few weeks as the season has ended, and the questions surrounding Eric bien and his future employment, and really inability to get a head coaching job. These reports surfaced online. Even something that was published and then re- and then later taken offline about this entire. I don't, you know, I mean, if, if you want to say fictionalized, if you want to say at least at least allegedly somebody had a report, including several like in-depth scenarios and and like actual quotes of like insider sources and all this, basically stating that there was all this enmity and tension at Arrowhead surrounding Eric Bienemy, that the return of Matt Nagy was going to like feed into that and really that maybe no one wanted EB back in the first place. When that happened, some players spoke out against it. There was like enough oddities within the whole account itself to make you question the scenario. And so then they took it down at some point. I think they cited racist comments about the enemy as some reason to take it down. But in general, there's this belief in the water about disharmony at Arrowhead. Today, Andy Reid spoke directly to that and said, base base i mean he said we all went on vacation for 2 weeks came back and then read that we all don't get along so then he reinforced it by saying look i'm with him every day i see him every day i know it and, he, and then he said and i'm not just speaking for myself i'm speaking for everyone when i say getting along with eric pianomi having him involved in game planning communicating with him about everything offensively is like is not a problem so all that to say sterling i'd love for you to unpack what do cheese fans do with this? What do we do with, with unnamed sources? What do you make of this personally? Like, 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 how do you sift through this back and forth of two weeks?
0: Again, just from my perspective, it sounds like maybe some of the things were true, but then they went from they had an argument to they don't get along ever, and this is an absolute disaster. It's all EB's fault. You can have arguments. Tim Grunhardt, I heard him. He talks about it before where he goes, yeah, I will get in an argument with someone, but guess you know, when he was playing for the Chiefs, you get over it. You you're not always gonna agree with everyone. You're not gonna be Travis Kelsey and Bienemy got into that one time. Who was the first guy Travis Kelsey was looking for after they won the Super Bowl? It was Eric Bienemy. Have you ever gotten a argument with, with one of your friends? Does that mean you hate your friend? No, it right. means you got an argument. It means honestly, it probably means you're you're close. How often do you get into arguments with people you hate? You don't. I, yeah. In my opinion, I, I think maybe parts of the article could have been true, allegedly. But the moral of the story is, this is the NFL. Everyone thinks that they're the guy. They've always been the guy. They're all alpha dogs. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be arguments. It does not mean that there's dysfunction. It does not mean that they hate each other or don't get along. That's just my two cents.
1: What do you think is true here? Like, like if we don't want to like summarily dismiss – everything. And yet we also don't want to give credit to something that doesn't deserve it. Like how do you like what do you think is true or or what do you think is important here, I guess, moving forward too?
0: Honestly, I would just say drop it at this point. It doesn't matter. Right. It, it it truly does not matter. What what whatever was done, whatever was said, true or false, they're working together this upcoming season. That's all that matters. What what happened in the past is the past. If you focus on that, you will not be looking Forward to the future, which is aka winning another Super Bowl. That's where I'm at. The article, whatever it was, it was written, it's gone now. It lasted one day. I don't think it lasted 24 hours. It lasted about 12 hours. Wow. Eric Vietnamese still in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, it, it 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 will be something to watch. I want to let it go away. I want to avoid these things. You know, like you said, I want to move on. But here's also what I think. I don't know how we escape it as a cloud hanging over the season as it goes on. Like, imagine the first time you see some sort of sideline dust-up between the enemy and a player, B enemy and a coach, whatever, like, whatever. Or imagine the first time, let's say the Chiefs come out week one and they're offensively flat, right? Sure. At that point, this thing is going to resurface like a bad weed and people are going to be looking for ways to justify what was previously unjustified or put down by by Andy Reid in a press conference, right? So do you just worry about that weed then? Do you think that there's some more truth-telling that could be done now?
0: I think you cross that bridge when you get to it. I think every single situation is a basis-by-basis case trying to find meaning and something, you can always find ways to worm your way into make it say, "Okay, well that that might be something, or that that could be this thing or the other." End of the day, just just for me, I, I'm so over it. Eric Biehnme is still in Kansas City. The article's offline. If they did not want enemy back, he would not be back. If they didn't want him back, and there was so much dysfunction after they lost the Super Bowl, he wouldn't have been back last year. <laughs> yes. It's that simple. If there was that much dysfunction, if Biehnme was ruining the the Chiefs organization and this team. Why would they bring him back? Not once, but twice.
1: Yeah. You know, it was interesting, the the Broncos' leadership, both their GM, George George Payton, and then um, uh, and then their new coach, Nathaniel Hackett, mm-hmm. uh, stepped up today at the Combine, too. And someone asked George about Eric Bietemi as a head coach. And Bietemi only earned two head coaching interviews this offseason with the Denver Broncos and with the New Orleans Saints. Saints go on to hire Dennis Allen from within. And then they went with Nathaniel Hackett from from the Packers uh, in Green Bay. Both guys were really impressive, I have to say. Both guys sound really smart. They were the presentation was good, but at the same time, uh, it was also interesting to hear Hackett say, "Oh yeah, Eric Bienamy is a really smart guy. He deserves a head. He should be a head coach." And I just remember thinking, well, but not with you." And that's what everyone says is like, "Oh, he should, but not. It's not going away. It's not going to happen." um it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out hopefully next year fifth time's a charm whatever maybe that'll be it uh let's talk number two uh point number two here in our we have an outline between sterling and i we have it written in our hand not really
0: but uh, uh i want to talk <laughs> like to we're here. cheating on a test i know, we haven't written know. down on the on the outside of my seat this is hell's <laughs> log or the inside is the the
1: talking points hey sterling what'd you get for number two so tyron matthew um, is the subject du-, du jour? Du jour? What is a du jour? The subject du jour for us um, is uh, Tyron Matthews' impending free agency today at the combine. Uh, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, both were asked about the status of Tyron Matthew, and Veach pointed out that um, really Andy kind of Andy and Veach both kind of laid out the fact that the Chiefs are in like evaluative mode, like. Let's go back over our season. Let's look at what went right, what went wrong, so that then we can attack the offseason with a very clear perspective of what we should, should not do. And so it sounds like a lot of those talks just haven't even happened yet because they're just taking a long, deep internal look at themselves. Um, And then Brett Veach said today um, that the Combine is actually a great week for connecting with players representatives and so he said hey th- some of those talks will begin to happen this week so they connected after the pro bowl checked in and just said hey i like you i like you too and during sometime this week it sounds like veach will sit down with Tyron's agents representatives and talk about the potential there what do you make of the song and dance that continues I love you, I love you too, I want to date you, I want to date you too, uh, I'm not asking you out yet, you're not asking me out yet. I mean, same song and dance, what do you do with this?
0: It's not Aerosmith, it's not the same old song and dance. I To me, I don't think this looks good for Tyron Matthew coming back. Just read him between the lines, if that's, and that's how I read it. Veach went on to say something about the reality of it is, I know Andy Reed, who's not the overall decision maker. That's gonna be Brett Veach. But Andy Reid said we like Tyron Matthew, but anytime there's a but that never bodes well. Brett Veach to me made it seem like we would love Tyron Matthew, but we love him for eight to ten million. That's the way I again it's all read. It's, it. it's I mean, maybe more, but my point is we we love Tyron Matthew. Yeah, but realistically they're not gonna to pay top dollar for it because they kept saying stuff about the cap space. They they can find a way to bring Tyron Matthew back with the cap space if they really really wanted to. You got to cut corners elsewhere, but that's the way it came off to me. Was oh we love Tyron Matthew, but we're not gonna pay him top dollar. And I don't necessarily blame them. There were times throughout this season where he almost looked like he was making business decisions. Mm-hmm. He's I know he was banged up. I know he was potentially hurt. But if you're on the field, you got to. Play a hundred percent. You got to be yourself. You're expected to make tackles. You're expected to get your nose in there. If your nickname is the honey badger, live up to it. I think is a very good safety. I do. Is he top three, top five, top seven. Can you find value elsewhere and use that money on edge? Cause I think edge rushers are way more valuable than a top five, top seven safety. That's my opinion. I don't know which way Kansas City chooses to value this, how much they value the leadership of Tyron Matthew. But I thought Seth Kaiser, he was on my radio show the other day, brought up a very good point. If you value that much leadership on one guy, that's an issue with the rest of the defense. If you have to have one guy on defense set everyone else up there, if you have to have one guy be your leader, that's an issue. You shouldn't have that much reliance on only one player to get you right.
1: I hear what you're saying let me ask about then this in tandem with anthony hitchens because if you lose hitchens and suddenly you have a new leader and communicator in the heart of the defense there then you lose tyron in the back end in the secondary like you're saying if you have everything on one player who has to set everyone up make the calls whatever relay hey watch out for this look at that instinct over there whatever right if if you've got that lost in the middle in the second level and now lost in the third level. And maybe you're even losing Frank Clark and Clark is Frank Clark is a very underrated intelligent player along the front line. Like he's got very good instincts and, and makes very good adjustments pre-snap there. So if you lose that on all three levels, is that concerning to you?
0: Hmm. That that this so is the coaching staff? No, I mean, at some <laughs> point, what's the coaching staff doing then? If you're not getting your young players ready, or at least have the faith in these guys, then what's the point? Nick Bolton to me is going to be the new guy in the middle. Nick Bolton is the new Anthony Hitchens. He he learned from Hitchens. There was a reason why I think they drafted Bolton and kept Hitchens one more year. It was the overlap. It's it's the Alex Smith to Mahomes. Bolton's going to be the new Hitchens, hopefully better. But as far as the play calling, I, I don't know what's going to happen at safety, but if you're that reliant on one player, that is a coaching issue. At least I thought it was a very good point that Seth Kaiser brought up, and I, I, I agree 100%.
1: Yeah. Uh, Seth's a thoughtful guy. I, 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 I don't disagree with him. I find that a fascinating talking point. If you don't spend that money in the secondary, if you allow Matthew to go, you're looking at Juan Thornhill – and then you draft. You draft it.
0: But my, my point is, would you rather keep Treverius Ward or Tyron Matthew? I, I'm I'm in the minority here. I, I'm saying Treverius Ward because cornerback is a much more valuable position. It's easier to find safeties to an extent. Maybe at yeah. the level that Tyron Matthew is, but it's very difficult to find very solid cornerbacks. I'm not saying Treverius Ward is top three, but Treverius Ward is a very solid cornerback. You don't find cornerbacks like Trevarius the same way you can find a solid safety. That's my two cents.
1: Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. The value of safety. I mean, look, if the Chiefs draft a first or even second-round safety for that matter, I I mean, you're you're going to expect that guy to probably to not only be a day one starter but to have like near Pro Bowl ceiling at the very least. One Thornhill was right. He got hurt. He
0: got injured. But one Thornhill, when he initially got inserted, what happened? We all said, oh, my gosh, insane.
1: Yeah, we. Um, the thought of him and Matthew pre-injury together for years was just looking like maybe the league's best safety tandem. So I, I don't disagree with you. I think you can get decent safety play on the cheap, and I think you can get high-end safety value in the draft. I do just love – I mean, you know, Tyron, he's just a – he's a lovable guy. He's a lovable landlord. What do you do with that? Anyway um, – <laughs> Except let's, <laughs> let's on, on here, Twitter. Though. Yeah, yeah, that that wouldn't work out too well, right? Hey, just wanna um, just wanna give a quick shout out. If uh, uh, IO Five says hello from Lancashire, uh, UK, um, love a shout out from across the pond. Not sure. Just read I'm a sure. book
0: about Winston Churchill, so shout out,
1: man. Like, uh, do your Winston Churchill impersonation.
0: Give me a twenty-four inch cigar, and I'll rock that.
1: There it is. There it is. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to all of you who are listening, hanging out. We just love it. Um, and if you want to hang out with us a little bit more in the digital space, um, our, our guys behind the scenes, we've got great producers here. We'll throw up um, the information about how you can join us with an Arrowhead addict membership um, for four ninety nine. 99 uh, go behind the scenes with us as uh, like in discord. We have a discord channel where we talk about all things, chiefs, all things, NFL, even beer and, and chili and other things that we that we love. Um, strolling myself. I'll throw my bison
0: chili recipe in there. I get a really good bison recipe.
1: I mean, that's worth $4.99 alone. Patrick hangs out in there. Matt Verderham hangs out in there. It's just a good time. Uh, it's just a bunch of Chiefs fans, so what's better than that? Just want to give that a shout to all of you who are already a part of that and make that just a, a, a welcome and a worthy group. Um, so, yeah we we'll move on here to one, perhaps the most direct bit of information that we were given today by Chiefs leadership came with the likely, quote, use of the franchise tag for Orlando Brown Jr. Um, when asked about that today, Vich just said, yeah, likely that's what's going to go down, and then we'll get to that later. This feels pretty straightforward. What's your take on giving Orlando Brown an extension, using the franchise tag for now, like all this pretty pretty understood and and makes sense for you? Do you have any misgivings about any of the finances involved here? I wouldn't be surprised
0: or even concerned with the franchise tag first on Brown Jr. I wouldn't. It makes sense until you can find some common ground. But I do think a deal gets done long term. I I think even if you start off with a franchise tag, they're going to be in talks. You don't give up what you gave up to get Brown in here to then have him leave. In my opinion, there's going to be a long-term deal here. You want Orlando Brown Jr. to grow with Creed Humphrey, with um, Trey Smith, with hopefully Lucas Niang, Joe Tooney. I know Joe Tooney's a little older, so that's why I didn't include him initially. But even with Joe Tooney for the next few seasons, you want that uh the, the cohesiveness with that offensive line. I think Orlando Brown Jr. got a bad rap because we all expected him to be this. We expected Trent Williams to be fair, almost, right? We, when Orlando Brown Jr. came in and he had a whole bunch of talk where no one's getting Patrick Mahomes, we all got fired up. We see this mountain of a man, and then we see him start off the season very averagely. We go, all right, well, where's this whole, he's not getting touched. As the season progressed, he understood the system. He understood how Mahomes operates, which is way different than Lamar Jackson, way different scheme than the Ravens. He improved dramatically. While he's not going to be, in my opinion, maybe a top three safety or a top three left tackle in the NFL, if he can be top eight, borderline top five, worth it. Lock him up. If you're going to save a couple million, whatever it's going to be, it's worth it to have that safety net of someone that you trust. And I trust Orlando Brown Jr. going forward.
1: Well said. Well said. I I love the money. I mean, I, I love the idea of the money because I love the commitment. If you said he's flirting with top five, I'll I will take that. I don't I don't need him to be the I don't need him to be the NFL's best. I, I don't worry about like the number of Pro Bowls. Um, although he's already went to three Pro Bowls already, I think he's just going to get better and better at the position. I think he's going to be great. By the way, we have a super chat. Joseph Jackson, appreciate you guys um, weighing in here and and honored to even get questions from you. Happy to answer them. Um, Sterling, I'll give this one to you. Would you rather have the money spent on J.C. Jackson, that is the New England Patriots' top corner, um, who is scheduled to hit free agency, um, than Tyron Matthew? What do you make of that?
0: Uh, If they let J.C. Jackson go, and if the prices are similar – Yeah. I love Tyron Matthew, but if you can have a top-flight cornerback, the positional value is so much more. If you had J.C. Jackson with Traverius Ward now as your number two, with Legereus Sneed being the ball hawk, or even Legereus Sneed if you wanted to play some safety, his college position, you have your depth piece of Rashad Fenton, who can pretty much do it all. Hell yeah. I I feel like J.C. Jackson's either going to get franchise tagged. I would be surprised... If his contract that he would receive to begin with is is going to be more than Tyron Matthew, just based on the positional value. Yeah. But if if the contract was similar, one hundred percent, I would I would roll with J C Jackson. Just the cornerback room alone that Kansas City would possess would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, I, I have a few thoughts here. One, um, J C Jackson. I don't, uh, S Tremblay just said, "I bet J C Jackson will get franchise tag." Though I absolutely yeah. think he's right. Dave Arrowhead. Dave said the same thing. Yeah you agree. I agree. If you've got a guy like JC Jackson, you do not let him leave the building and say, well, I guess I'll wait for my compensation pick my third rounder next year and next year's draft. (laughs) You, you tag him and you go, look, I'm going to hold you hostage for another year or like, I'm going to force a team to trade me something for you to get your services. And you're so good. They're going to do it. So I think, I think anyone who wants JC Jackson is going to have to pony up at least a third this year, if not their second, and pay through the nose at the cornerback position. Yeah. That said, I still make that move if I'm Brett Veach. And I do that over Tyra Matthew. The Chiefs have two extra third-round picks, one each in the next two years, staggered because uh, compensatory picks from the NFL for losing – executive ryan polls to the chicago bears so that means we're dealing with four picks in the top 100 or so for brett veach you have a championship team that's ready to go back to the super bowl we're not looking for four more rookie starters like like last year we had trey smith last year we had creed humphrey we were lucky to get that many, and then nick bolton the chiefs were lucky to get that many rookie starters last year because there were massive holes to fill along a, a rebuild offensive line. But this year, there's not... I don't I don't think room for that many starters. I think you can afford to get rid of a draft pick this year. You trade your third. The downside here, if you go all in on J.C. Jackson, you're not resigning Shavarius Ward either. I don't think you're resigning Matthew. I think you're choosing... I think you choose your one big financial target in the secondary, and then you build around him. But I'll tell you this, J.C. Jackson... J.C. Jackson in a Chiefs uniform. Pick the opposing, pick the opposing receiver. You will not hear from him for sixty minutes. I mean that. I mean that's J.C. Jackson. So in a, you know in a division where you're like, mm. uh, hey, guess what, Denver? You don't have Cortland Sutton for two games a year. Sorry, that's the way that goes. I Mike, push what, back you know, a little have bit. Have him two game, Say what? I push back a little bit
0: with that. I think J.C. Jackson's incredible, but is he even better than Jalen Ramsey? And Jalen Ramsey got torched in the Super Bowl. Every cornerback right now, nothing against JC Jackson or Jalen Ramsey. Cornerback is the hardest position to play in the NFL. The rules are stacked against you. It's the way it is. Oh, totally. Unless you are prime Revis. Sorry, there's no such thing as shutting a wide receiver down for the entire season in the NFL. It happens. Like Are you think I got
1: carried away there? Is you got carried
0: saying? away. I, I gotta pump the brakes. I'm like JC Jackson. You can maybe give him like give him like 14 games. You can give him 13 games, but give him the uh. You're you're not going to hear from the receiver all all game what? No, he's really <laughs> really good. But every single cornerback at some point currently in the, in the NFL will get beat. If Jalen Ramsey is quote unquote the best corner in the NFL, we saw on the biggest stage. He might have gotten out played by Eli Apple. <laughs>
1: oh, oh! Who planted you here? Who? Why, like, why? Why I have to hear that I'm name? A, I'm a realist, my man. <laughs> I, um, you're right. You're right. I'm just driving along with uh, J C Jackson playing in my car. I'm like hair blowing <laughs> J C Jackson on the radio. Whatever. But I'll but say- i I I, I, but- I do want to give a
0: shout out to Rasta Kaufman. I I see him on the chat. All of his friends in South Carolina him to go back and get more Casey beer. Cheers to you. Cheers to all your friends. They have very good taste.
1: Cheers to Casey <laughs> beer company. Well, well said, let me, let me go back and at least clarify my point. Here's what I'm saying. A secondary with JC Jackson, Legereus Sneed and Rashad Fenton as the cornerback core to go with Thornhill and a high draft investment at safety to me has a higher ceiling and a greater future going forward than Ward Sneed Fenton or with Matthew in the fold with with Thornhill there. I just think JC Jackson elevates the whole secondary. I, I love JC Jackson. I've got him playing on my radio. I just can't stop. That's just the way that is.
0: Uh, he he was not in the Jackson Five, apparently. Just just so you just so you know, JC Jackson was not a it was. member it was. of the it Jackson was. Five. It
1: was it was Michael, Tito, JC, <laughs> Janet. Janet's not in the Jackson Five. Tito There were two Tito's. (laughs)
0: Tito's. (laughs) One Yeah. I, I, I also think you are downplaying Traverius Ward to an extent. And I think it's fair because he's not flashy. Traverius Ward is the anti Trayvon Diggs. He's the anti Marcus Peters. Doesn't get a lot of interceptions, but what does he do? Stay in the receiver's hip pocket. Yeah. I know everyone brings up the Jamar Chase-Bengals game. He had good coverage on the majority of those plays.
1: There's Jamar no Chase
0: was an alien. Joe Burrow was putting the ball on the mark every single time. It was incredible. It's like when you're in the zone playing any sport, and and in the NFL, as I think in pretty much every sport is to an extent, offense has the advantage. Perfect offense will beat perfect defense every single time. It's the way the game was was designed when the refs also are on Jamar's side, letting him push off a little bit, let him get a little handsy. You're going to yeah. see it. I, I just have this. I, I just want to p- have people pump the brakes. Cause I think Treverius ward is a very good cornerback and people act like there's these guys that are locked down and never give up receptions. That's just not the case. It's just not,
1: I I don't disagree with you. I think ward travels with his man exceptionally well. I love how he's sticky as hell. I I I love Charverius Ward. I I think Jackson is the next level. I think the pay will reflect that. I don't know if it's worth it or not to pay it. I I mean, Brett Veach's actions will tell us what we need there. But I think elevating the secondary could be a good strategy here this offseason when so many people are going shopping. Um, Let's take a question here real fast. Nick Deal. We got another um, listener, viewer from uh, Sheffield, Yorkshire, UK. Who are the best Free agent options at edge seems a bit of a thing group to me. Blockbuster Veach trade inbound. Um, he brought up both trade and free agent. Sterling, is there a move that you would like to see at edge to, to like make this group what you want it to be? I mean, if Veach is going to attack a position, we see him go after the big fish. So, you know, I I think Nick has a good question here. Um, What do you think?
0: Yeah, and and again, this is where I would personally spend my money if I were Brett Veach, because if you have a good pass rush, you can spend less money in the secondary and be fine, because you know why? They don't have to cover as long. A lot of the deficiencies are minimized because you're getting pressure on the quarterback. There are a lot of guys – but there are a lot of older players. The one guy I think that is not going to be sexy, it's not a name that everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, give me this dude, is Charles Harris. Charles Harris was a first-run draft pick, went to the University of Missouri, M-I-Z, I
1: was going to say.
0: But he, he didn't show anything his first, what, four years in the NFL. He bounced around, ended up in Detroit. Detroit was horrendous and had seven-and-a-half sacks. Seven and a half sacks in Detroit. He finally found a a scheme that fit him. I think Kansas City could buy low on Charles Harris and still implant a bigger name because you need multiple players. I, I'm not satisfied with you bring in one guy and say, "All right, I'm good." Because even if you kept, just for example, take the money out of the out of the out of the situation here. Say you kept Frank Clark, you still want someone else. Yeah. I personally, I do. I, I don't yeah. think Joshua Kando is going to be the answer, but there are some other names uh, you know, that, are, that at least fit into what I would believe would be Kansas City's cap space. Um, Emmanuel Ogba is a name that gets thrown around a lot. Obviously, former Kansas City Chief. I think Jadavian Clowney, he's probably only going to have a one-year deal. So if you can sign him to a one-year, even if it's $14 million, Kansas City could afford to do that for one season. You're not handicapped in the future. Yeah. That's my two cents. I, I don't think they go after a, a Chandler Jones. Um, can they afford a Dante Fowler Jr.? But there are a lot of veterans who are hitting the market. Jerry Hughes, Akeem Hicks, JPP, the 35-year-old Calais Campbell, uh, Von Miller. Um, th- there's some Melvin Ingram. Uh, if you want to get real weird with it, bring back Justin Houston. Uh, there, there's <laughs> a lot of veteran players hitting the 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 edge market. How many are superstars? Not a ton of superstars, but I, I think you can find some deals at edge this upcoming off season.
1: Yeah. I think the chief's best option to hit a home run is going to come in the draft. It's a deep draft. So you can even find some contributors, I think in the day three of the draft, um, but making a first round investment there is going to be their very best way. Because if let's say a guy is available, even via trade, there's a reason he's available to be in trade, right? Like, if you have an electric edge rusher, you don't let him go. You just don't. You know, there's, there's a reason why, like, anyone ever proposing a trade of Patrick Mahomes to someone is like, isn't it? Like, like some things are just a non-conversation. Yeah, like are never tra- <laughs> Right, like, the Chiefs are never training Tyreek Hill, whatever, like, like these kinds of conversations that you just don't even include some players in the conversation because you don't even train them. And that's the same for any... I mean, the closest you get is trading Vaughn Miller at midseason last year. The Broncos were kind of admitting we don't think we're competing that much anymore, even though they continue to win a few games at midseason after they traded him. But and and then the Rams paid pretty handsomely for him, second and third, and he was heading for free agency. So there were like several things where like kind of coming together, and the Rams still had to pay quite a bit. But you rarely see, you know, maybe when Chandler Jones went to the Cardinals in the first place um, via trade, it's just so hard to find like, oh wow, here is an excellent pass rusher with no issues who's going to shore up all of our needs, and he's available via trade. Sure, I'll trade our first round pick for him. Like that, just so I, I think um, I like Maniagba there. I mean, the Chiefs obviously like him enough as a fit to have brought him in in the first place. Um, believe in him. It would surprise me to see him circle back around. Um, in a way if he's not overly um priced out, but at the same time, you could never have enough pass rushers and I think anybody quality this offseason um is gonna is gonna be jacked up. Hassan Riddick, a name to watch there too. Yeah. I mean he's been um he's been solid and maybe a little bit under the radar. Matt Verderham's also mentioned him too. So yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll we'll see there, but but it's hard to say. Let me ask you one more question about edge rusher here. Because we're used to the big blockbuster trade. Do you think a like Kind of a yes or no thing. Do you think we see a Brett Veach special this offseason in terms of like a trade, maybe even of a first round pick or at least like some bigger deal player or picks?
0: Trade no. I I think this is going to be the first year where Brett Veach keeps all four of his top 100 draft picks. Wow. I think we see him not trading up because I think he needs to. I think he needs to keep these draft picks. I, I, I am a fan of when now I am a fan of maybe we put too much emphasis on draft picks, but with a lot of larger contracts on this chiefs roster, you need as many chances as possible to fill the surrounding spots with good, cheap, controllable young talent. And you have to get that in the draft that, that, my, my opinion is he needs to keep all four of his top 100 draft picks.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, I, I think a lot of people would agree with you and even hope that you're correct there, just for the sake of youth continuity, creating as deep of a roster as you can. That's only going to get more important, too, as the regular season stretches to 18 games, which probably won't come this year, but probably in 2023, as the NFL season gets longer and even harder to stay healthy for the long haul. Let's move to the next item on our list. Earlier today, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, speaking from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, Andy Reid was asked about losing Anthony Hitchens. I'm sorry, Brett Veach was asked about watching Anthony Hitchens leave the team after four years being as, serving as the team's sort of leader and in, in the captain there in the middle. And then he said, well, let's never say never in terms of maybe welcoming him back. If the market is unkind to Anthony Hitchens, and he remains unsigned, let's say, after the draft. Um, The Chiefs mentioned that they were going to leave the door open for that possibility. Um, What would you think of that?
0: I like it. I have no issue with it. I think Hitchens was fine. I think he was a guy who got blamed for a lot of other issues. The run defense was horrendous for Kansas City for a long time, and he was about the only guy who was – worth his weight and salt, and so he, he somehow caught the brunt of it. He signed a fairly large contract, was a five year 45 million originally with Kansas City. Yeah, uh, you know, nine million a year. It's not this massive contract. He wasn't brought in to be the best linebacker in the NFL. He was brought in and paid, in my opinion, to be about average. That's about an above average linebacker who was a veteran. He was a guy you could count on. He wasn't spectacular, but he wasn't horrendous. He was average. I think he lived up to that contract, in my opinion. Bringing him back after what I think we could probably say was a slight decline, he was solid in his limited role. Yeah. He wasn't used as much. It kept him fresher. Allowing Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr. to be your, your two linebackers, especially on third down. Let's hope going forward. They The Chiefs use so many three safety or three cornerbacks to begin with. They don't really have a lot of three linebackers out there to, in general. So having Hitchens as a rotational piece, a guy who knows your system, I would love.
1: Yeah. But also, let's not forget, Willie Gay Jr. missed the entire postseason during his rookie year. He missed the first four or five games last year with an injury coming out of training camp. I mean, it's, it's not like... We're looking at like proven Ironman in the heart of the defense now, as it is bringing Hitchens back. Maybe I mean I think just makes good old fashioned sense in terms of depth and security. If if he's going to go from being willing to play for nine million a year to like one year two million dollars, two years four million dollars, something like that, uh, I I think it's a great move. Yeah. Brett Veach also added that that uh, Hitchens uh, was really key in Willie Gay's development too. So that sort of mentoring role was going to be. Important there. Should Ben even be the starter over Nick Bolton, as Tremblay says. Sterling, I'll let you have that one. Tremblay,
0: you've had some really nice chats, I've noticed, and I've, I've agreed with a lot of the things you've said. I'm assuming this is being this is – you're being facetious. I, I'm going to leave it there.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Hey, um, let's talk overtime. There's been a rule proposal by the Indianapolis Colts to change the overtime rules period – um and, and the way things would work there in the NFL starting next year. like What do you make of this? Andy Reid was asked about it too, but I want to hear what you say. It should. It should have happened <laughs> when the Chiefs had it happen to them.
0: Didn't it happen in the Super Bowl with the Patriots, right? Am I, am mm-hmm. I, am I wrong here? I'm pretty sure it happened with the Patriots. Yeah. Uh It should have happened then. Yeah. In, in my opinion, playoff time, Super Bowl, both offenses should get a chance. Regular season – Leave it how it is. I'm fine. If they're saying that it's too much wear and tear on players, if they're saying it's too much extra, extra plain, fine. Leave, leave it as it is. I don't care. But playoff time, both both teams should get a shot. How pissed were we in Kansas City when they didn't get a shot? Yep. They were furious. I'm frankly a little upset that the Bills and Josh Allen didn't get a shot because it's only fair, right? Like, we were so pissed when it happened in Kansas City. We can't just laugh and point and say, ha-ha, you guys got boned. I know right. the Bills guy the allegedly didn't support the change. It's not Josh Allen's fault, not the player's fault. If you're just a bystander, just a fan of football, not a Chiefs fan, you wanted Josh Allen to get the chance to to match Patrick. You never wanted that game to end. I think yeah. it should be changed.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm with I'm with you. I I like the uh, I like your willingness to kind of keep things where they are in the in the regular season, go for the postseason. Here's what I don't like. I don't like anyone saying that it's too much wear and tear on the players and then have those same owners fighting to make more money by adding a 17th regular season game and then an 18th through the CBA. Um, It's remarkable to me that they won't change this overtime rule and then they're still fighting for like entire extra games if you're really talking or worried about wear and tear on the body, concussive activity, uh, etc. I I think that's bananas. Andy Reid was asked about it today and he just said... I'm good with whatever the league says. Do you believe that? No. <laughs>
0: no. Andy, I, I would have to imagine Andy wants it changed. Unless Melvin Ingram is gonna always call the coin toss. I would imagine Andy Reid's gonna want it changed. <laughs> I, I just I think it's fair. I think it's better for football. I think it's better as a whole. I know the defense is part of your team. I understand that, but Just watching the three times I've really noticed it happen in the, in the playoffs, you feel let down. You feel like there's always that question gnawing at you. Like, what if, what if, what if Josh Allen got the ball and threw a pick games over now? There's no question. It's it's final. It ends it. I I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, It'll be interesting to see how this goes forward. Give enough teams, get enough teams burned year after year. This rule will be changed. <laughs> and the Colts, the
0: Colts are the ones that
1: that wanted this, of all teams. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, yeah, yeah. we'll see how this turns out. Um, Hey, Sterling, before we go, you're a music guy. You got drum heads hanging on the back of the wall there. You got any musical recommendations for us before we get out of here? Oh, something, man. Something people should check out.
0: Ooh, Dirty Honey. Dirty Honey is incredible. They're a really good newer rock band. Why? Why are you laughing?
1: I just, it's just, it sounds like you made something up. That's all it sounds.
0: Have you not listened to Dirty Honey?
1: I I have not heard Dirty Honey.
0: Soft. Check it out. You, you of all people would like Dirty Honey based on how you're dressed with your flowing
1: locks. I am Dirty Honey. I mean, that's basically my, my pet name. I have it tattooed anyway. You bathe in Dirty Honey. I bathe, I bathe in Dirty Honey. By the way, this may sound dated. Tears for fears. Oh, yeah has a new album out a new album it's it's 2022 and there is a new tears for fears album and it's good it's a good new tears i'll just say that the new beach house is good and there's a sweet country band called sarah shook and the disarmers and uh she's wonderful i'll say all that but maybe dirty honey is the best that it is anyway if you're listening to music and you're looking for something check all those out dirty honey badgers love it It's the best, perfect way to sign out. Uh, I am dirty, honey. Uh, Sterling, you're flirty money. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, Drink KC beer, folks. We can't recommend it enough. Um, And again, we said at the top of the hour, but look, uh, you guys are the best. You guys are the best fans. Chiefs fans are the best fans, period. But you guys are the most welcome corner of the most welcome corner of fans on the Internet. We so appreciate you all. If you want to check out membership uh, information um, that's been scrolling in the chat, feel free to check that out. We'd love to have you. But we're just honored and so thankful to even have you listen at all. My name is Dirty Money. You can... Dirty Honey, whatever. My name's Matt Connor. You can catch me at AA on Twitter. Sterling, at KC. Check him out on the radio. Lift him up in all you do. Yeah, Sterling, any parting words? Any thoughts?
0: Uh, I will say in the words of the legendary... Patrick Allen. Go, Chiefs.
1: <laughs> well said. See you guys.